0: When I was a kid, I loved my summer holidays. As a latchkey kid in the 1980s, I'd get on my bike and hit the road to go to the library on an almost daily basis to find something new to read. And I would go after anything I could find that might be interesting, you know, because it was the days when parents didn't really pay all that much attention to what we read, including those all important star trek novels that you could count on coming out every couple of months you know the ones that they tried to not have anything contradict what was happening on screen but usually wound up doing so as soon as a new season of the next generation kicked off but anyway as an adult summers really just mean my routine is the same as always only with my kids at home but i still love taking the time on a summer day to dig into a Fun read. Something with good writing, an engaging plot, and interesting characters. And over the last several years, those fun reads have largely been mystery and crime series. Uh, the Longmire series comes to mind as one, and we'll come back to that in a future episode. But one of my favorites right now is the long-running Cork O'Connor series by William Kent Krueger. And so I want to share a little bit about that series with you today. Now, this is a series that is about 20 books deep. So where do you start? Well, if you're like me, you're going to start at the beginning with Iron Lake. I'm Aaron Armstrong, and this is your next favorite book. I started reading William Kent Kruger's books a few years ago, around the time that This Tenderland was released. That book was the story of an orphan going on a life-changing adventure during the Great Depression. A story that in many ways is a retelling, or at least an homage, of Mark Twain's Tom Sawyer and and Huckleberry Finn stories. So, very different than the Cork O'Connor novels. Set in and around Aurora, Minnesota, these novels follow O'Connor, a former police officer and then sheriff-turned-private investigator. Cork grew up in Aurora, where his father served as sheriff until his death. Cork is also part Ojibwe, which means that he's a man of two worlds, and not really seeming to entirely fit in with either, although... Thankfully, the books, for their part, don't play on that trope too much. His Native American heritage is important to every novel, though, uh, introducing aspects of their mythology and their religious practices, uh, their culture, and key characters with whom he shares a bond, notably Henry Malou, who is an elderly healer, and by elderly I mean he's about 100 years old. So, when we first meet him, he's really old. There's a flashback to O'Connor's youth, and he's still really old. He's just super old. Now, Kruger's O'Connor novels are fast-paced, high-intensity stories, the kind that you pick up and you generally don't stop reading until you're done. And the beautiful thing about those is that that happens with you actually realize. And that's as true of Iron Lake, the first novel in the series, as it is Fox Creek, the 19th. And what that is a sign of is good writing in and of itself. It's the kind of writing that carries you along and keeps you interested and leaves you wanting to find out what's going to happen next so that you're not waiting. And I like that in a in a good mystery novel. That's what you should get in a in an enjoyable piece of fiction. Iron Lake introduces us to the titular Cork O'Connor who lost his job as sheriff after being blamed for a tragedy at the local Indian reservation. But He has to set aside all the personal demons that haunt him when a young boy, an Eagle Scout, goes missing on the same day that a prominent judge who really kind of controls the whole town and the whole county apparently commits suicide. And no one but O'Connor suspects that it might be anything more than a suicide. Now, when we first meet him, he's not in a good place. He's overweight. He's a heavy smoker. He's separated from his wife, Joe, living um living on his own, basically in the restaurant that he owns. Um, and he's involved with uh, a waitress named Molly. He is more or less a man adrift. He's without anchor in the world. He longs to put his life back together to restore his marriage and return to his family, but it's not that easy, because it never is. But when he gets drawn into the search for this missing paper boy, this Eagle Scout, which then brings him to the investigation of the death of this highly influential judge, he starts to get his moors, he starts to become a person again, and he quickly finds himself running afoul of... A whole host of individuals, including a newly minted senator, who also happens to be the man that Cork's wife, Joe, is committing adultery with. And he's also the judge's son. He also discovers a racist militia operating in the area. He runs afoul of casino owners, tribal leaders, and the new sheriff as he uncovers a whole host of unseemly secrets in his search for the truth behind the judge's death. Now, naturally with a story like this there's a great deal of action with plenty of chase scenes and violence and all of it happening in the snow because it's Minnesota around Christmas time. And Sometimes the aftermath of all of this is described in some fairly vivid detail, so if you're sensitive to those kind of things, you just need to be aware of that. There's also a fair bit of language for those who are sensitive to such things, and of course some sexual elements that um, readers who prefer to not um, be exposed to such things can skip over if they prefer to. All the stuff that you would expect in a mystery novel. And if that were all this book was, it'd be fine. A quick one to blow through on a summer afternoon, but not one worthy of a larger discussion. Probably one that I wouldn't share with anybody. But even though this book has a relatively simple plot, and has all those elements that you would expect to see in a mystery novel... It's not a simple, plot-driven novel. It is deceptively complex. Because even as Iron Lake brings you through Cork's investigation, you find that the characters have a depth to them, a fullness, and that is the captivating element of this book. And you might actually say that this is the greatest strength of all of Kruger's books. Because despite the basic structure... The Cork O'Connor series are a set of books with characters that feel like real people. They don't read like a persona or a caricature. They don't come across like what people are pretending to be on The Bachelor or The Bachelorette on paper. um, Where they're just pretending and going through motions and trying to be something that they're not. What Kruger does best is finding small moments to bring these people to life, to show us who they really are. And in this first book, it's moments, very small moments, like the ones between Cork and his teenage daughter, Jenny, who after they're cleaning up Cork's restaurant, after there's been a break-in, or it's Cork finding his other teen daughter, Anne. Trying to feed a pair of geese that the two of them had been caring for at the lake, covering and covering for her when she didn't come home and tell her aunt or her mom, and both of them are worried sick and losing their minds. And he takes the heat for it and saying, "Oh, I knew about, I knew where she was going to be, and I she was helping me out, and I just forgot to tell you." Just little moments like that. That, I mean maybe it's because i'm a dad maybe it's because because i i know what that would feel like and what that means but but those those are the moments that matter more than anything else even as he's working through his relationship and his feelings between you know wanting to get back together with his wife and his and how he feels about Molly um The fact that she's never had a Christmas tree before and he wants to and he says, well, let's let's go get one. Let's do this together. And this desire to this desire to give an experience that is mundane and simple and joyful for so many people. Those are those are beautiful elements of these books. We'll be right back. You know, my whole life, I've loved movies, music, and especially books, and chances are if you're listening to this podcast, you likely feel the same way. I was a voracious reader at every stage of life, but when I became a Christian in my mid-20s, I had to ask, how should my newfound faith relate to my reading? And for that matter, how should it affect every area of my life, my relationships, my work, how I treated people who I might disagree with? And that's on top of learning the about the habits that would help me grow in my faith, like reading the Bible, prayer, and being part of a Christian community. Learning about what it means to live as a Christian isn't easy, especially if you don't have any familiarity with it at all. That's why I wrote, I'm a Christian, Now What? This book is a guide guide helping new believers walk through some of the big questions that will come up in their early weeks, months, and even years as a Christian. And so, it covers everything from what exactly happened to them, what the Bible is, how to pray when it seems weird, and what to look for in a Christian community, but it also addresses how to handle disagreement in a distinctly Christian way, untangling the mess of sex and marriage, and even how to engage with things like music, movies, and yes, books. People who have followed Jesus for a long time will also benefit from this book because it will help them to see the opportunities they have to serve new believers like these, new believers like I was, helping them to develop a strong foundation for their life with Christ in meaningful and practical ways. I'm a Christian Now What is available to order now. You can find it anywhere you buy books, including Amazon, Christian Book, Barnes and Noble, or you can order it from your favorite local bookstore. I had the opportunity to talk to Kent Kruger back in 2020 for a podcast that I was co-hosting at the time, and we talked about what makes a great mystery novel. And one of the things that he said was that mystery novels, all mystery novels, um, have a bad reputation among many who don't read them. And that reputation is, is that they're formulaic. And as he himself admitted, he felt that way before he actually started to read them for himself. Before he started writing them, he wasn't a mystery fan. And as he started to both read and write them, he fell in love with the genre. And what he found was that while formulaic isn't a fair criticism, the best ministry stories do share a basic structure, and that structure is that something happens. So in this case, a crime kicks off the story. An investigation is carried out, and the answers are revealed. That's the basic structure of nearly every great mystery novel, and it connects with us because that's actually the structure of virtually every great story. It may not be a story about a crime, but a great story always has that inciting inc- incident. So it could be a crime, but it could be a relational challenge. It could be something else. The characters then go on a journey of discovery. So whether that's a search for justice or truth or love or meaning or who knows what else. Um, and in the end, the truth is revealed. Perhaps the criminal is discovered Answers are answers are given in that way. A relationship is restored or begins. Personal growth happens in some way. You, you get the idea, right? We love stories like this. These are the kind of stories that speak to our hearts because they speak to a need that we all have, because we're all searching for truth, for belonging, to grow, to change, to become something more than we once were. Although, ideally, we don't have to commit a crime to start that journey. The reason I'm sharing all of this is because it's really easy to be dismissive of a series like the Cork O'Connor one. They're excellently written books, but you know, they're not high literature. They're action-packed and introspective, occasionally profane, and often hauntingly beautiful. They're novels that in many ways are filled with hope even if that hope is just in solving a crime and finding justice for a victim. But there's more hope than that in every single one. When I was a kid, I loved my summer holidays. As a latchkey kid in the 1980s, I'd get on my bike and hit the road to go to the library on an almost daily basis to find something new to read. And I would go after anything I could find that might be interesting. You know, because it was the days when parents didn't really pay all that much attention to what we read, including those all-important Star Trek novels that you could count on coming out every couple of months. You know, the ones that they tried to not have anything contradict what was happening on screen, but usually wound up doing so as soon as a new season of The Next Generation kicked off. But anyway, as an adult, summers really just mean my routine is the same as always, only with my kids at home. But I still love taking the time on a summer day to dig into a Fun read. Something with good writing and engaging plot and interesting characters. And over the last several years, those fun reads have largely been mystery and crime series. Uh, the Longmire series comes to mind as one, and we'll come back to that in a future episode. But one of my favorites right now is the long running Cork O'Connor series by William Kent Kruger. And so I want to share a little bit about that series with you today. Now, this is a series that is about 20 books deep. So where do you start? Well, if you're like me, you're going to start at the beginning with Iron Lake. I'm Aaron Armstrong, and this is your next favorite book. Your next favorite book is written, recorded, and produced by me, Aaron Armstrong. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure you're subscribed on your preferred podcast platform and leave a five-star rating and review. This goes a long way to helping people find the show. You can also find a link to order a copy of the book featured in today's episode in the show notes. And be sure to check out my book, I'm a Christian, Now What? A Guide to Your New Life with Christ Everywhere Books Are Sold. Thanks for listening, and I'll be back next time to introduce you to what might be your next favorite book.